You're listening to Straight Talk, No Chaser. Welcome to Straight Talk, No Chaser. I'm Dr. James. I'm your host, and I'm here in the studio once again with Mr. Phoenix, who is the producer of the podcast. And I'm not saying that just as one of my quims that I usually uh, say, but it is actually Phoenix Productions that is producing the podcast for us today. And Mr. Phoenix, thank you for that, and I appreciate all your hard work and your endeavor uh, to make this podcast what it is. And uh, once again, we are back on the Killing Rhonda Henson story. Um, Larry Griffin joins us once again in the studio, and we're going to be asking some more questions and talking about this investigation that's going on. And I want to say to you, Mr. Griffin, uh, thank you for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to be here, and thank you for hosting this series of podcasts on the killing of Ron Denson. Well, and, and I've got to ask a question. Of course, the other episodes we've done, um, each one leaves me with more questions than answers, I'm afraid, which I'm sure it does with a lot of your readers right. in your article. Um, but we kind of ended last week talking about the McDowell men and how they interacted with Rhonda played into her story. And so my question to you, first of all, let's just get started. Who is Charles McDowell? Charles McDowell is Pastor Charles McDowell, the Reverend Mr. Charles McDowell, who's a minister. And as I said, I think in the last cast we, we did was uh, the pastor of Wilkie's Grove Baptist Church. Now, he had been in the ministry for, for a while, and he had uh, pastored several different churches before he made it to Wilkie's Grove between uh, Hildebrand and Hickory there, the nexus of Burke County and Catawba County. Mr. McDowell was, uh, in addition to that, Mr. McDowell had a number of other interests, none the least of which is that he's a, a pilot. He could fly a plane. But he also served in the military. And uh, at the time that Rhonda was uh, killed and beyond, he was a chaplain for the Army. Uh, and the Army Reserves as much as anything else. And so he, he had those ties and those sensibilities. Mr. McDowell, by all appearances, was something of a, a very domineering kind of individual. Uh, he was sort of patriarchal in, in his attitude. But Mr. McDowell also tended to be what I would consider to be, based on the documentation I have, uh, something of a conflicted man. Yes, he was a pastor, but at the same time, he had this insatiable interest in women, it seemed. In the 1980s, he actually uh, ran an ad in the Charlotte Observer looking for female companionship. He and his wife, Betty, of course, were married at that particular time, but he said that his his wife, Betty, was having a series of mental issues, and as a result, he really wanted some companionship. I guess I'll talk in no chaser. But nonetheless, he wanted, he wanted to have conversation with women. And one woman actually answered his ad, and he had, uh, from all appearances, nothing more than just uh, uh, opportunities to meet and have lunch or dinner with her or whatever else. Uh, she did make a, a statement uh, to SBI, the State Bureau of Investigation, 
and John Suttle, the special agent John Suttle at one time, where she talked about him as being uh, seemed at some point began to take an interest, an active interest in Rhonda Henson. Now, so at, so let, <clears throat> let me stop, pause you for just a moment. So the son's dating Rhonda, right. but the father Charles, who is a minister, who undoubtedly has demons in his closet, um, from 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 what you're saying to us, he then the father begins to take interest in Rhonda. Yes. Well, what was that interaction? What how did that come about? Well, Mr. McDowell was somewhere around forty three years of age, so a young man when when Greg and Rhonda were dating. And uh, I think that Rhonda was not necessarily the most glamorous person in the entire world. I mean, she didn't attempt to be glamorous in nature. What she attempted to be is just pretty much plain self. She didn't wear makeup. Her mother said she only wore makeup three times and she ever knew her. And we'll talk about that later. One of those, I will tell you now, happened to be a prom night when they went to prom uh, her senior year. But she really didn't try to dress herself up, but because of who she was and the energy that she exuded, she tended to be a very attractive individual. Nice, I mean, she's a nice looking girl to begin with, crystalline blue eyes, uh, pretty much a pasty Irish girl. She's fair in complexion. And I think, he, I think Mr. McDowell, 43 years of age, his testosterone likely got the best of him when he was around Rhonda. The fact that he would notice her is probably a normal thing, but at the same time, uh, how you control whatever urges he may have had is a different story. Rhonda had indicated on a couple of different occasions, one to her best friend, Jill Turnmall, that Mr. McDowell uh, had made some unwanted advances to her, one of which he, she cataloged. She said that uh, she and Greg were outside the, the parsonage, the, the, their home there at the church, had been playing some basketball, and Greg went inside to take a shower. And she went in the kitchen and got some water. I think she had had the refrigerator door open, and all of a sudden she felt a pair of arms go around her, and she thought, well, Greg had made it out of the shower. When she turned to look, it was the Reverend Mr. McDowell who had uh, put that bear hug on her, and he, she told him, please don't ever do that again, according to what she told Jill Turner. She also told uh, her cousin, Dr. Christina Harden, uh, when they... Rhonda visited in South Carolina that Charles had made some unwanted advances. Apparently at that juncture, those unwarranted, unwanted advances had become more than just, you know, a one-off. It actually became a little more frequent in nature. She described the fact that when she went out to dinner with them or lunch with them, probably more specific, he would reach under the table and put his hand on her leg. She also indicated that uh, uh, he, she had been in the bathroom one time at the parsonage and just simply gone to the, the bathroom and when she came out he walked down the hall as she was exiting the bathroom and uh, made a point to rub up against her. All of those kinds of unwanted advances began to, to play on her mind. She said to her cousin Chris, or Christy as she would have called her, she said, I got to the place that I don't like this man. I really don't like him. In fact, I am afraid of him. And I think that's a, that's a key point to make. Not only did she not want the advances, all of a sudden she's becoming more and more afraid of him because of those advances. Now, l let me play devil's advocate just for a moment. Um, could this have been just 
a young girl wanting attention and making up these stories of an older man being attracted to her? Or in your research, do you feel these are accurate statements that she's making? I think they're accurate statements only because Rhonda, Rhonda tended to be very private about her life. Her mother even indicated that at times when she talked to Greg, she, she may answer the phone, but take the phone into her bedroom as opposed to where everybody could have any conversation. Rhonda had, was also the kind of girl that was not going to show her emotions or cry or break down in front of people. She would tended to do that in isolation by herself in the bedroom. If that had been just a one-off, I don't think she would have said anything about it, but apparently it was becoming so pronounced in nature that she had to say something to someone which would have been un uncharacteristic. Not too long before she was killed, however, uh, in fact, the Saturday before she was killed on the 23rd of December, she uh, asked her father to take a ride with her in, into Valdez to get some gasoline. And as they were riding along, uh, she said to her dad, Dad, there's something I need to tell you. Uh, and if I tell you, it's going to make you mad, she said. Well, Bobby questioned her at that point. Oh, what happened, Rhonda? Did you get a ticket? Was there some problem with the car? I mean, things that dads would normally think about. Right. And she said, no, Dad, it's nothing, nothing to do with that. He said, well, Rhonda, if it, whether it makes me mad or not, you need to tell me what's wrong. And at that juncture, for whatever reason, she pulled back and she said, well, Dad, she said, uh, I'll have to think about it. And she never got around to telling Bobby what it was she wanted to tell him. A lot of people guess, and I'm not going to draw any inferences here for myself, but a number of people would guess, including her mom and dad at this point, her, her friend Jill, her, her cousin Chris, all of them think, seem to think that she wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that uh, Charles McDowell was making these passes at her. I mean, how is it that you go about telling your father that your boyfriend's dad is making what she would consider to be suggestive advances toward her? How do you go about telling your boyfriend Greg that his daddy is filling you up. I mean, that's essentially what was happening to her. And, and not only was it uncomfortable for her to be around, but as she told her cousin Chris, and as I've said twice already, I'm afraid of this man. Not only so, do I not like him, I'm afraid of him. So not only with the issues she's having with Greg, but now she's in a rock between a rock and a hard place with the father, because if she comes clean with the boyfriend or with her father, she understands this is going to compound some of the issues she's having. That's correct. Already. Let me ask this question. What is the relationship between the McDowells and the Hensons? Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a good question. It would seem that if your children are dating one another, that at least you would be familiar enough with one another. Right. But you know, the first time that the Hensons really met Charles McDowell is after their daughter was killed, which surprised me just a little bit because I would have thought there had been some interaction. However, apparently there had not been any interaction between the Hensons and the McDowells, although Judy said to me in one of the interviews I had with her that we saw Charles McDowell when the kids graduated from East Burke High School in June of 1981, but I really didn't know him and really probably would not have recognized him. Uh, but we had no particular interaction. Only that my daughter, she said, would go to church with them every once in a while, spend time with them every once in a while, and 
and yet we didn't we had no really family interactions as she said so I think that it's fair to say that uh, up until the time of Rhonda's death they knew who Greg was and Greg stayed with them plenty Greg was around a lot uh, but they really didn't know who either Betty or Charles McDowell happened to be only by name so there was no interaction between these families no no, no get-togethers no our kids are dating let's meet let's talk none of this took place prior to the incident that's correct and later on charles would even advert that uh he really didn't know Rhonda that well uh but the again the evidence would suggest that he knew her pretty well not only did she spend time with him gone went to church with him uh went out to eat with him uh he indicated they only went out to eat once but apparently they went out to eat more than one time together uh so he knew Rhonda very well, but he did not know her parents. And again, Betty seemed to be having her own set of issues, whatever they happened to be. Now, it, it is believed, and certainly Judy says, that Rhonda knew about some indiscretions of, of the Reverend with other women. Uh, now, I don't really talk a whole lot about that because I, can't, I can only substantiate the fact that he talked with one woman who answered his ad that I referenced there at the Charlotte Reserver back in... I think it was 1980 when he placed the ad. But, you know, I really haven't delved much into the, the credibility of those rumors that he was having some kind of an affair. But I'll also say that according to Judy and Bobby, uh, Greg knew about those incidents, instances too where he, was, uh, he may have had an affair with other women. But it's very fair to say that none of this information really came to the Hensons until after after the fact after the fact or nothing that they paid attention to much until after the fact right. well we're, we're going to pause right there and uh this is the end of, of the this segment because i have some other questions to ask and won't have time to get into it but i want to leave you with this thought can, can we honestly say there was dysfunction in the minister's home by all means at this point between the son and his relationship with Rhonda and the father and his relationship uh, with Rhonda, and even between the McDowells and the Hensons themselves. Um, you know, to me, in my opinion, and, and that's all it is, my opinion, uh, if you're that serious in dating someone, you, you need to get to know the other families. And uh, so it just a whole lot of questions, again, uh, as we get dig deeper into this there's a whole lot of questions that come up in my mind and of course mr larry if you don't mind joining us again for another uh episode uh, i'd like to pose those questions to you as well about miss henson and uh, miss Rhonda henson and and her murder uh, i want to say this thank you for joining us uh, again i'm dr james and of course mr phoenix behind the soundboard there and uh, you've been listening to straight talk no chaser if you have any questions or comments, or maybe you're like me, as you've listened to the podcast, they've raised some questions in your mind, feel free to, to email those to us. And you can do that at straighttalknochaser2019 at gmail.com. And uh, you email those to us. Of course, we don't mind asking those questions either to Larry or, or whoever uh, we need to ask those to. Uh, but send those questions in. And until next time, this is Dr. James and Phoenix saying the only talk is straight talk.